Well, I got a sermon for you tonight, but I got to tell you what the title means. So pop the title up on screen. It says, Welcome with Pumpkin Pie, Turtle on a Fence Post. Let me ask you a question. If you're driving down the road and you see a turtle on a fence post, what do you know? Someone put him there. Because he didn't get there by himself. Is that right? You might be a turtle on a fence post because where you are today, you didn't get yourself there by yourself. Amen. So we're going to talk about a turtle on a fence post. So get your Bibles out and go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Galatians 3, 28. So I have a question for you. Do you believe you have a special problem? A special problem. Do you believe you have a special problem? You know, I meet people sometimes that have a special problem. Now, what that means is that because I'm a guy and they're a girl, I couldn't possibly be able to help them because it's a a special problem that only girls have. And then when I'm talking to senior citizens, they have special problems that no one knows about because they're elderly and I couldn't possibly be able to help them because it's a special problem. And then when I'm talking to the teenagers because I'm old and I, you know, over the hill and, my la- and I'm almost in the grave, they have a special problem that only their age group knows anything about. You ever notice how many people have a special problem that nobody can help them unless you are like them. For, for, for instance, uh, I've, had, I've had people, you know, especially different age groups, or like in a person who lives in Haiti, well, we're Haitian and we have a special problem and you can't help me. <laughs> because I'm not Haitian, I, we don't understand your problem. And then when you go to Russia, they got a special problem because they're Russians and Americans don't understand Russians' special problems. Do you want to know how many times I hear this? And um, we could go deeper and deeper, but it seems as though people everywhere always seem to have a problem that's so special that nobody can fix it but God, and even then he has trouble. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm going to tell you a little secret. You don't have a special problem. There is not a section in the Bible for older women, teenagers, Haitians, Russians, senior citizens. It's just not in here. So, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking to someone, they're like, well, you just wouldn't understand. Well, what you're ta- turn me down a little bit. What you're dealing with is you're talking about your flesh. Now, the Bible wasn't written to deal with just your flesh. And the problems you're having are most likely not flesh. It's not Russian. It's not American. It's not Haitian. It's not women. It's not men. It's spiritual. You understand that? So a lot of times it's because you think you're thinking carnally that nobody could ever understand. So go to to Galatians 3.28. 
And let's go ahead and begin to nip this special problem in the bud. Does the Word of God cover your special problem? Well, it actually does. And can a 55-year-old pastor... Y'all did not help me out a bit. 45-year-old pastor... Hey, everybody else dreams. Why don't I dream a little bit? In other words, you don't, you don't have to be of your nationality or your sex or your race to help you. Now, I just, oh, I just said a mouthful because a lot of times the people, when you're dealing with them, they'll say, you just don't understand. And I'm like, what is it I don't understand? All right, let's talk about it. Let's go. Galatians 3, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, that means that your physical, what you are physically, is not your problem. Now, now in America today... People are screaming, you don't understand us. Well, we don't have to understand you physically. We know that what you're dealing with is spiritual. Does that make sense? Yeah, and once we can get you over to walking in the spirit and get out of carnality, somebody can help you. But if you're going to live carnal, then you're going to have a lot of special problems that you think nobody can fix. Okay, um... 2 Corinthians 5, 16. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures tonight, so you're just going to bear with me. We're going to go through a bunch. But just be happy and go, hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the what? Are you serious? Is that true? Is it? Is it true? Can we, can we deal with people apart from your flesh? Or is the issues you're dealing with because you have a, you are of a, you know, certain race or certain gender, then, then there, then we can't help you. Is that true? It's not true. The word of God can fix and help you with anything. And, and as long as you're thinking your problem is special because of your flesh, well, it might be that you are carnal, carnal-minded. Okay. And you're going to find out in a little while the Christians really are carnally minded. And we'll get into a little bit of that. And um, so it's, it, let me read it again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we knew Christ after the flesh, yet now we even don't even know him anymore after the flesh. But see, we, we, in America today, in the world today, we deal so much with our flesh that we think that's predominant. But it's not. And we're going to find out that to be, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, so it, it doesn't matter whether we can fix your flesh or not, 
In other words, I don't, Jesus, let me, let me say it this way. When Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, what would you have done if she'd said, I'm a woman, you don't understand me. Is that true? Can he not help her because she's a woman? That's wrong. No, he can't help her. Because your gender is not your problem. A lot of men think it's your problem, but it's not your problem. Now, let's go ahead and just dive out there. And race is not any of our problem. It's not the problem. But yet, it, right now, the world is trying to turn it into the problem, and it isn't the problem. See, we ought, uh, we'll get into the fact that, it, you know, the body of Christ you're, you, is made up of all, kind, all ages. Could Moses minister to his generation or only the old people? Do you realize that a lot of people think that because I'm over 50, just barely, that I can't minister to the younger generation? Pastor, you just don't understand. I might know more than you think I do. Things haven't changed much. They just changed colors. The cars are different, but there's, it's a car. Anger still anger. Selfishness is still selfishness. Lying is still lying. Okay, do you understand that? So, so it's a lot of times we, we've got this idea that, that the problem's physical. It isn't. It may be manifesting physical, but it isn't physical. Okay. Let's go to another one, Romans 8. We'll go to Romans 8. We're going to do a little bit of bouncing around, but just be, be patient with me. Romans 8, 5. And let's start with verse, verse 5, Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to their flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, what he's going to do is he's going to contrast two different kinds of people, carnal and spiritual. Yes. Now, carnal people think that everything that's an issue is carnal. Mm -hmm. It's physical. Mm -hmm. And that is why they say, you don't understand me. Does that make sense? Let's go back to, to, I'm talking, let's say I'm talking to a woman. You can't understand me. I could if you were spiritual. We could talk. But I got to get you out of being carnal and quit thinking that your sex is your issue. It's not. Because now you've turned me off like a light bulb because you couldn't understand me. Does that make sense? So let's, let's read this. Um, those, verse 5, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. And those who according to the spirit, things of the spirit, to be carnally minded or physically minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, the physically, a person who minds, I'm a body, 
I'm a body. I'm a Haitian. I'm a woman. I'm a teenager. I'm a German. I'm a, every, all of their imas are all physical. And they're relating to everything from the physical only. Therefore, nobody could ever understand me. Well, maybe we could if you'd quit being just physical. Because one day the physical is going to drop over in a grave and you're going to step out and there's more to you than your body. So we just got through reason in Christ Jesus, there's neither male nor female. There's not even age. See, the, the mercies are new every morning. I'm eternally young, and that may freak you out. I might be slow, but I'm not dumb. You know, when you get older, it's funny how young people say, well, in, my, in your day. And I'm going, I'm not, what does that mean, that I'm dead? I don't understand your phrase, in your day. You mean when I was alive and now I'm not? And I've told young people this. It's hard for them to grasp. I have forgotten more than you know. And I told somebody one day, I says, if I was you, I would ask me questions. And they went, okay, and never said nothing. I'm thinking, oh, help me, Jesus. They ain't getting it. But see, don't wait until you get 70 to go, my dad was pretty smart. (laughs) Your dad is pretty smart. Your mom is too. Amen. And they're not ignorant because they're slower. Sometimes slow is good. I mean, I spent too much time running around getting speeding tickets. Now I slow down a little bit, have more money. All right, let's go back here. Verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind, your flesh mind, is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, but if you are in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, I'm going to read something here, and and I'm going to make a statement to you that I have wondered about for a long time. I have always wondered why there were Christians that I couldn't help. Now they sit in church and they hear sermons and, they, and week after week and months after month and year after year, they have this mindset. Do you know why, the, why they never change? They're not reading their Bible, they're not praying, and they're not growing in God. They're carnal, and they relate to the world through their flesh only. That is why you can go through a period of time, and if you start talking to them about maturing, you're liable to just tick them off. And they don't understand why we don't understand their bad attitude. Y'all can say amen anytime you want to. But now we all all know people like this, that you're like, you, you give them a scripture and they're like, 
well, you just don't understand. And you're like, I do believe we understand. You're talking spiritual. They're talking natural. And, and, and they're going to have to make some adjustments because you're not about to come off of being spiritual and come down on their level and get in a mud fight with them. But as long as everything in their life is my skin, my, my gender, my age, there's no conversation. You're, you're at an impasse because you, you, we've got to get off of the flesh which profits nothing. And get over into something that can actually help you out. So to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnal Christians spend most of their life falling apart at the seams. Because everything, didn't have a good one right today. I mean, we just had a bad day. We just had a bad day. So you're waiting on all your ducks to line up before you get happy. Why don't you just get happy? That would like be mature. Do y'all see the difference? So, so, anytime, so anytime everything doesn't go well for you, it's like your life is a roller coaster. You're up and then you're down. Then you're up and then you're down. There was two buckets in a well. And one bucket looked at the other bucket and said, you know, I don't understand you. You're always happy. I mean, you're singing and you sing and you sing. I don't get it. We're in the same well. You're going down just like me. And, and, and what, what, is, what is the deal with you? And so the happy bucket says, every time I go down, I think, I'm coming back up. And, the sad, and so the happy bucket looks at the sad bucket and goes, oh, what's your problem? He goes, every time I go up. I know I'm going back down. <laughs> now, I think, I think all of us need to remember, you are in the same earth we are. I know you think all the devils in hell are concentrating on you alone. <laughs> but they're not. And I know you think you have a special problem but you don't. You're a legend in your own mind. You're going to have to learn to count it all joy even when things aren't always going so well because you know if I'm going down today, I'm coming up tomorrow. I know if it's raining now, the sun is coming back out. See, it's a, listen, life is perspective, not circumstantial. Okay, I think I'm doing all right. If you have a special problem, the Bible is incomplete. I mean, there's got to be a chapter in here for you somewhere. No minister can help you unless he or she has your problem. You don't understand. I'm going to tell you, Jesus never, never had a menstrual cycle. I do believe he could help you ladies out with that. I don't believe he ever had hot flashes. I don't believe he ever had labor pains. 
But do you think he could actually help you out? I do too. Are y'all getting what I'm trying to say? There, there's a, the devil will lie to you and he'll put you in this box. And you're going to sit there all by yourself and go, you know, no one knows what I'm going through. I have this problem that no one has an answer to. You know, and, and so you go to prayer and, and, and you walk in the throne room and you say, God... I've got a problem. And God goes, oh, my God, we've never seen that. We, oh, oh, heaven. So he turns over and he says, angels, go to work. And I mean the lights in heaven start dimming. I mean the power of God is cranked up. Heaven is going dim on, you know, and God is going, oh, we got to help him out. We got to help him out. And he says, Jesus you got to help. And he says, Father, I'm pulling. I'm pulling. He says, Holy Ghost, get over here. And he's going, I'm helping all I can. And I mean, it's like you got this problem that even all of heaven is straining under the weight of it. Not. Say not. No, no, you don't. You don't have anything. There is nothing that you're going through that is not common to man. You know, <coughs> I want all of y'all to understand something. When you leave here and you say, was he preaching to me? I, I want you to know I was preaching to me. And you're not going through anything that everyone else in the room hadn't either come out of, headed into, or is in right now. I mean... We're all in this boat together, and you got this idea that who told him? I just looked at you, and I had this word. That woman over there is weird. She has a special problem. Not. Not. The, why would the devil come up with anything new when all of his old tricks are still working? We can narrow him down to just a few items. Amen. And after a while, you just learn them, you know. No, no minister can help me. I have, unless they have the same problem. So Jesus couldn't help the woman at the well. Jesus, you're man. Oh, man, I wish I could help you, but I can't. You're a woman. Paul couldn't help the Gentiles because everybody knows the Gentiles have a special problem. That you're not a Gentile, you don't understand. I'm getting real close to home. Moses couldn't help the younger generation because he's an old geezer. How many young people go, Grandma, you don't understand? Grandma might know exactly what you're dealing with. About a hundred times over, darling. All of the gray hairs or all of the boys she dealt with, like your boyfriend. She's been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? See, we don't have a special problem. You don't have one. 
You, there's, nothing you're, there's nothing you're going through right now that a lot of other people haven't gone through also and conquered it. That's why God puts you in a family. And you're going to be surprised when you start talking to each other. Oh, yeah, I went through the same thing. So what is the problem? Let's look at Romans 3. We're going to get deep now. Y'all ready to go deep? Say, well, I'm going to go deep. Now, we're going to have to go B.C. before Christ to help you. Well, would you get up and go get me a water? Yes, Just go get me a water. Yes, we're going to have to go... We're going to have to go a minute or two or five minutes before Jesus. Just, just hang with me for a minute because we talk so much about who you are in Christ. Let's talk for a few minutes about who you ain't. Let's talk about you outside of Jesus. Romans 3, 11. There is none righteous. How many? All right. Outside of Jesus... There is no good people on the planet. That's a heavy statement. No, we're, not, we're talking outside of Jesus. Outside of Jesus, all of us in the room right here would have gone to hell. All right, now let's just stay here a minute. I'm not trying to condemn you. Just trying to wake you up a little bit. Had it not been for the blood of Jesus, you weren't worth looking at. You are not all that. Okay. It's amazing how many people think that somehow or another they've been, you know, I've just been done wrong in life. Sure, you're a wicked heathen from hell. And then you want special kudos. You and I deserve nothing. I'm going to help us. If you'll listen, I'm going to help us. You don't deserve the person you're married to. You don't deserve this church. You're a sorry lot. You don't deserve Jesus. You don't deserve eternal life. You deserve to go to hell forever. That's what you deserve. So let's quit demanding. I'll come over here. You should be happy that he let you in here. All of us. Somewhere along the line, we've got to come back to remembering what it was like to not be saved without God, without hope, without any hope. Had we not been born again, you'd have gone to hell and never paid the debt. That's how bad you were. Why do you think someone owes you something right now? Why are you walking around with your, with your, they, they didn't look at me right. They don't have to look at you at all. Nobody owes you a birthday present. Don't get mad at me. Nobody owes you a compliment. 
Nobody owes you the time of day. Everything you have right now was given to you while you were a sorry dog. We should be excited about that. All right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go deeper in a minute. Are you all ready to go a little deeper? The, there is one person you need to be working on. You. And when you get done with you, then you can begin with someone else. But I have a sneaky feeling you'll die of old age before that day. Well, I want to tell you something about my wife. She didn't cook me eggs. She don't have to cook you nothing. Amen. I don't believe they did. I mean, they just walk by and even say hi to me. They don't have to say that you're a heathen. They don't have to talk to you. Let's come back. When are we going to start getting happy? That, that we are saved. That somebody up there cared about you in your state, in your messed up state, and came down and died on the cross for you and rose from the dead for you and wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You ought to wake up every morning and go, Woo! Glory to God! Thank you, Jesus! I'm going to heaven when I die! Hallelujah! I'm a sorry dog, but I'm on my way to heaven. So what that does is it gets you off of all the other people and your unrealistic expectations of what you think they're supposed to do for you. They didn't even look at me. We don't want to look at you. In other words, get happy about what you got, crying about what you don't. Why is Americans who are the richest people on the planet the most miserable people on the planet? I mean, if you make over $3,000 a year, you're in the top 1% income bracket on the earth. You're rich. If you're on welfare, you're rich. And we've got the saddest people. Oh, 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 oh. What's wrong? My fifth phone broke. You know, I'm the opposite. Mine, mine breaks. I go, hey, hey, hey. I don't have to answer it. <laughs> How am I doing, guys? Come on. I think time, it's time for a little wake-up call. And let's come back a little bit to some reality here. Amen? Okay, okay. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How many? Oh. Everybody. Everybody. That's you. Now, let's, let's, let's wake up. You deserve nothing. You don't deserve heaven. You don't deserve heaven. You don't deserve eternal life. You don't deserve to be loved. You deserve to go straight to hell. Every, listen to me one more time. Let's go down the list. Every one of us in this room deserve eternity in hell. It's what you deserve. If God gave you what you deserve, you would not like it. But he didn't give you what you deserve. But let's remember something. Eternal life is a gift. Spell gift. And listen, you didn't earn it. You didn't do anything. It isn't because you're awesome. It's because he's awesome. And then he gave you, listen, 
When he, they, just look at the list. Oh my God. He took this complete worthless person. A bunch of dust and dirt that is a son of Satan. That would be you. Redeemed you with his blood. Washed your sins away. Filled you with his spirit. Gave you eternal life. Wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. And you're upset today. About what? Well, I burned the biscuits. You know what? When people look at me and go, Pastor, I don't even like you. I go, me neither. I didn't even ask for the job. I think you're too rough. Me too. I think you're crude. Me too. You should have seen me two years ago. I'm improving. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Well, now let's talk about you, bozo. How um, you didn't like that, did you? How do you talk five hours a week and never say something stupid? You you, you would too. And when I and when you walk out. I could preach a 100 beautiful sermons and said something crappy. I am never coming back to that church again the longest day I live. I can't, I tell you, I swear to God he cussed, dang it. Aren't we funny? Amen. Someone says, you think you're all that? Nope. I wonder about me too. As a matter of fact, I go home and go, oh, help them, Jesus. (laughs) They had to listen to me all night long. And every once in a while I say something, I go, you know, that's pretty good. He goes, you're welcome. I go, hey, help me out a little bit more. Your finger-pointing days are now over. You need to write that down. Your, your days of pointing the finger are over. You're, you are not in here because you're awesome. And neither is anyone else. Now, once you start this, you have elevated yourself above God. Because not even he is doing that. Are y'all out there? Now, now you understand that, um, that American churches have a problem because everybody's running around mad at everybody because everybody's imperfect. Well, after a while, all of the churches will have one person, and I fear you won't even like that congregation. <laughs> Oh, y'all out there, did you go home? Why don't we just put our rocks down and all enjoy ourselves and have a good time and just love each other and go, you know, you're about as crazy as I am. I just love you. All right, are y'all ready? You cannot make a city of people heaven by using or raising hell. You cannot make. L- listen, what 
do the people in the streets think they're going to accomplish by burning city down? Now, I'm going to tell you, you, if you're in agreement with it, you're an idiot. Now, I knew that you, I told you, you know, if you shall know the truth and the truth will make you mad. The people doing it are worse than you are. Are y'all out there? We're going to get in a minute and talk about how to overcome all this. It's going to be really simple. You're going to love how simple it is. But everybody on the planet seems to be wanting everybody else. I, Hitler wanted, to, in order to have a good life, we're going to kill everybody I don't like. I'm not sure that's the answer to this. But it is the, it is the mindset of people on the street. Everybody don't like me? You don't like the way I do it? We just kill you. Well, who died and made you God? In other words, the whole world stinks, but not me. Maybe you stink. Are y'all out there? There's a guy, and I got this out of Mark Hankins' book, so just I'll tell you the first time I get it from Mark Hankins, after that, I'll just tell you I, the Lord showed me. They were playing a joke on a guy one time, and while he was asleep, they put Lindbergh cheese under his nose. And he woke up and he went, it stinks in this house. So he, so he goes in the kitchen, he goes, it stinks in here too. He goes outside and he goes, he said, the whole world stinks. It might be you. <laughs> I, that was good, you know. James 1.20, go over there. We're going to look at some scriptures now. Are you all ready? <coughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you longer if I, I, because I'm, I'm very insecure. <laughs> I, I get my feelings hurt very easily. And I will make y'all stay longer if you don't say amen. <laughs> I, I ha, you know, I have to have fun. I do this for a living. And you can be bored easily. I can be. And so I have to do things that, in, that entertain myself. <laughs> Wrong place to say amen. That was not. James 1.20. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You running around having a bad day is not fixing anything as a matter of fact, you're screwing it up. You've become the problem. Okay, one more time. The wrath of man does not fix problems. Your bad day, your anger, your fit throwing is not, no one is going to change because you're childish. No one gives a rip whether you are unhappy. <laughs> Wake up and smell the coffee. You know what people do? They just leave. Every, no one even comes to see me anymore. Me neither. He who would have friends be what? Why don't you work on you? Oh, boy, that, I'm getting ahead of myself now. 
2 Corinthians 6, I'm going to look at a few more here. Bear with me. Ha, ha, ha. 2 Corinthians 6, I'm having too much fun to quit. And I've got a lot of scriptures because I like a lot of scriptures because it makes me feel like I'm really a good preacher if I have a lot of scriptures. And if I don't have a lot of scriptures, it makes me feel like I didn't do a very good job. And I want to feel like I did a very good job. I, I'm just, I just can't, I'm, I don't know what I was drinking tonight. I stopped at Taco Bell and then I... <laughs> What? Why? Because I wanted to go south of the border. I only ate three. And it's, I haven't had nothing since noon. And I only had a piece of bread. Three tacos, don't look at me. I bind that spirit. <laughs> All right. I can see right now I'm not going over there anymore tonight. There's an enemy in the camp. No mercy. No, I love Zach. I love Zach. I love him no matter what he does to me. You know, I'm acting like this because y'all do. Not all of you. I didn't say all of you. You know, listen, sometimes I'll put on these acts of people I talk to. And y'all think it's funny. It is funny. If you don't do what I say, I'm taking my tithe and living. Leaving. Bye. I had a lady call me one time. It's honest to God truth. She said, I want you to come over and bring me some soup. I said, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to your house and bring you soup. First of all, you're alone, and I'm not coming over to bring you soup. I'm a tither. And if you don't bring me soup, I'm taking my tithe and go to another church. I said, well, we've enjoyed having you. And she lived on the other side of town. I, I'm just saying that for y'all. Because I'm not bringing y'all soup either. <laughs> she wanted chicken noodle and wanted me to cook it. I said, sweetheart, I'm already married. Never saw her again. Bless her darling heart. Now, I didn't tell you names. I'm just trying to tell you that if you call me wanting chicken soup, and I ain't coming to your house. All right. Y'all didn't appreciate that a bit. Huh? I'm not going to talk about Taco Bell anymore tonight either. Well, I was going to go to Tijuana, but I didn't have enough time. And I ended up going to Taco Bell. But it is the only time I've been to Taco Bell this year. Only. I didn't go to Taco Bell. I didn't. I didn't go to Taco Bell. Did I go to Taco Bell? You what? Lisa ate it. (laughs) 
Do, do y'all know where liars go? Washington, D.C. You better watch it, buddy. Okay. All right, y'all have messed up my sermon. I was moving in the spirit. The Bible says laughter doeth good like a medicine, and maybe somebody's getting healed. Amen. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 6, 14. I think. Yes. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What is fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. Now, I, I, I'm reading this because all, all of us outside of Jesus were sinners. Uh, and you didn't get that out of it because of something you did. All right, let's look at another one here. Um, and let's don't go there. Galatians 3.10 3, says, all sinners are under curse. And uh, John 3.18 says that all sinners are damned. Now, now you understand, that's us without Jesus. Where is our bragging rights? We don't have any. How then can I sit in judgment on you? Let's think about it a minute. God eliminated all judgment because you aren't that hot either. What happens is we have a church now full of ex-worthless heathens saved by grace. The finger pointing has to end because there's none of us outside of Jesus that's righteous. So you don't have a nanny, nanny, nanny. You can no longer point the finger. That is how God stopped the war. He gave you salvation free. So what is he expecting you to do to others? Freely you have been given freely. See, if he had mercy on you, should you have mercy on others? Yes. At, well, wait a minute. Yeah, but, but they're not all that. You aren't either. <coughs> this is called church. The moment the finger pointing starts, you've elevated yourself above God. That's how God keeps us together. He wants you to be patient with each other because he's patient with you. Do you want patience? Then be patient. Do you want mercy? Be merciful. Amen. Let's, let's, let's look at another one. We gotta, I got something to go to. Matthew 7, 7, 1. I got a few I got to get to that I got to get to. Matthew 7, 1. Then we're going to get to a couple of really, really good scriptures here. Now, see, this takes the stress out of life trying to get everybody to dance for you. I knew you wouldn't like that. I'm going to sing and you're going to dance. You're going to sing and I ain't doing anything. Matthew 7, 1. Judge not so that you're not judged. 
with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. Why are you looking at the speck, it says splinter, in your brother's eye and you don't consider that you have a whole log in yours? Now this is simple, what Jesus is saying here. We realize that all of the people that you go to church with and you work with are all really weird. But they're putting up with you too. Amen? So work on the only person you can change. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not your spouse. I know you are attempting it. I know, I know that is your highest priority in life. If I could ever get all of the people in my house to straighten up, I would be happy. Good luck. I saw that in a movie one time. I thought that sounded cool. I don't remember what movie it was. Good luck. How can you say to your brother, let me get the speck out of your eye? You've got a whole log in yours. How many of you sitting here right now, you have it all together? We have liars. We will have, yeah, matter of fact, we just take you out right now and stone you. Okay. Let's get real. How many of you got it together? I don't. I don't. So what am I wanting out of you? What do you think I really want out of you? I want you to love me as I grow. I really do. You get to watch me when I'm good, which is most of the time. God. I mean, I need cues up there. And the days that I'm not so good, which is not often. And then the days I'm just terrible. Do you know that I actually leave church at times and think, if they come back, they're crazy. I, I do, I do. I, I am, I am the, the, the person who's the hardest on me is me. I really wish that I could actually preach 10 sermons in a row without screwing one up. And I, I will say something and go, they will never forget that. I was doing good until I said that word. Where did it come from? It's got to be Lisa's fault. Mercy, Felice. How many of y'all have ever done that? How many of you, uh, let's get honest, how many of you are hard on yourself? Most of us are. You don't need someone beating you. You're doing a great job. I tell Lisa sometimes, I go, you don't need to hit me. I don't have a spot on me I haven't punched yet. Honestly, the people that I love the most are the ones that look at me and go, you'll be all right. Because, listen, there aren't a perfect person in this room. And what you need the most in life is mercy. I think everybody in this room is doing 
the best they know. And yet every once in a while, we will pull a stupid. Say something. Do something. Oh, I don't believe I just said that. In public. In front of everybody. It's on tape. Erase it. Okay. All right. Let's go to another one. Um, James 2. I got a lot of scriptures. I got a few more. Oh, I got 15 more minutes. I'm great. I have all kinds of time. Let's go to James 2. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's helping you. Look at 2.8. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture and you love your neighbor yourself, you do well. If you show partiality, you're committing sin. If you're convicted by the law as a transgressor, whoever keeps the whole law and stumbles in one point, you're guilty of the whole thing. He who says don't commit adultery says don't murder. He says don't commit adultery and murders. You've transgressed the law. Look at verse 12. So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Verse 13. Judgment without mercy to the one who's shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What is it when you're screwing up you want? Mercy. Mercy. Is that right? How do you get it? By giving it. That means God will put you in a church full of crazy people who need mercy. So you'll have somebody to give some to. And if they're not in church, well, you're married to them. Or they're your kids. Folks, people are needing to be forgiven and need mercy all the time. But let me tell you something. There will be a day when you're going to need mercy and you better have something in the account. There's times I just sit at home and go, I forgive them and them and them and them and them and oh, yeah, them too. I mean, there's people who do you wrong just because they want to do you wrong. And they're just mean. You know what you do? Turn it loose. Because there's a day you're going to need it. Let's go to another one. I'm fixing to get, it's fixing to get good now. Luke 18. Don't go to sleep on me back there. This is one of my favorite parables in the Bible, and I've actually come back to this many, many times in my life. Two men went to the temple to pray, verse 10. One a Pharisee, the other tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed with himself. He's not even talking to God. God, I thank you. I've been going to Word of Life Church for 35 years now. I'm not like other men, especially the pastor of this church. I never say anything wrong. I never do anything wrong. And I'm a faithful tither. And I do miss it a few times, but it's usually not my fault. You want to believe, there's people in this room right now believe this. They actually believe what I just said about themselves. Outside of the blood of Jesus, you are hell-bound heathen. <laughs> are you out there? The tax collector stood afar off, and he wouldn't raise his eyes to heaven. He beat his breast, said, God, 
have mercy on me. I'm going to tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, and everyone exalts himself will be humble, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You have one person you need to be taken care of, and that's just you. And it is a full-time job. Now, there's a scripture, do unto others as you have them do unto you. Do you want mercy? Then you need to really work on it. You need, there are God sends goofy people to this church. Don't look around. <laughs> Keep your eyes looking straight at me. Because after they've been here a while, they quit being goofy. And God goes, there's nobody for them to work on, so he sends another batch of goofy people. <laughs> and you're going, I don't believe they said that. I don't believe they're do. I, God, what is wrong with that person? They're here for you to love. They're here for you to give them mercy. They're here to treat them kind because that's a brother or sister. They're here for you to work on your love walk. And when you get them all right, he has another batch on the way. <laughs> and if not, you can always get mad and go to another church and there's a batch there for you. <laughs> Just arrived. You people who jump from church to church, you're full of pride. I, I, I mean, I'm just, I know that sounds tough. It's the truth. Where did you think, listen, if we're all that bad, we need help. And since you are perfect, please stay. <laughs> that's rough, that's rough, isn't it? And it's the truth. Yeah, it is. And if they don't tick you off, we'll just hang around me a while. I can accommodate you at least one time in your life. All right, let's look at another one. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Ephesians 3, 15. I'm running out of sermon. And y'all are going, Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Ephesians 3, 15. Well, let's read 14. For this reason I bow my knee to the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and from the, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. There is only two families. Satan's and God's, and you're in one of them. If you're in God's, here's two commandments for you. Love your brother and love your enemy. You don't have any excuses. If you're heathen, you're going to hell, so it don't matter. You can raise all the hell you want to because you're leaving here and, and heading to the pit. So God's not worrying about the heathen. Well, y'all didn't like that a bit. So, I mean, think about that for a minute. Did God love you when you were your worst? You got some work to do. All right, 
That's how they will know us. All right, Romans 12, and I know we'll close with this, I think. Romans 12, I think I'm done. And I'm not going to be able to get through all of this tonight on Romans 12, but I think I'm going to. You ought to read Romans 12 from beginning to end. It's just fabulous. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you need to present your body a living sacrifice. You take your flesh and you fix it and leave everyone else alone. Do something with your carnal self. One more time. You do something with you. I know everyone else has problems, but for right now, the only one you can fix is you, so let's begin right there. Don't worry about what everybody else is or isn't doing. You just work on yourself. Because anything else is just pride. If I could just get the whole world straightened out, I'd be happy. Well, you wouldn't. Present your body a living sacrifice. Put it under. Quit letting your flesh rule. Verse 2, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by getting your mind straightened out so you can prove the perfect and good acceptable of God. And I say through the grace given me to everyone who's among you, stop thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. But think soberly as God has dealt with you the measure of faith. You know, I, I look at myself now, and I'm going to tell you, from the time I got saved, I've grown. Thank God. If you think I'm an awesome pastor, you should have been here 10 years ago. You would have a different opinion. But you'd think now, oh, he's doing so much better. <laughs> Aren't we all? But did you know he's not done? He's not done with any of us in this room. He doesn't unload everything on us. He'll show you one thing and then later he'll go, okay, now we have something else we need to work on. And you're like, I don't believe I do that. And he goes, I've been watching it for 45 years, son, and it's time today we got dealt with this attitude in you. Amen. So all of us go through this. Verse 4, we all have many members in one body, and all the members don't have the same function. So many are, are one body as individuals, having gifts differing according to the grace that's given us. Let's use them. If prophesy, you prophesy in proportion to your faith. Ministry, you, then minister. He who teaches in teaching. He exhorts in exhorting. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without being two-faced. Don't be a hypocrite. Abhor what's evil. Cling to what's good. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, give preference to one another. Don't lag in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serve God. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in trouble. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Distribute to the needs of the saints. Give yourself to hospitality. Bless people who persecute you. Don't curse them. Rejoice with people who rejoice. Weep with those that are having a bad day. Be the same mind toward one another. Don't set your mind on high things. You're not all that hot. But associate with the humble. Don't act wise like you're all that and, and you think you're better than everybody else. You're not. Don't repay evil for evil. Someone does you wrong. Don't think of how you're going to get them back. Have regard for good things in a side. If it's possible. It may not be possible, but it's if it's possible. As much as depends. Be peaceably with everybody. Don't avenge yourself. Give place to wrath. Keep your mouth shut. Be quiet. That's a mouthful, isn't it? That's all talking about us. 
I could take that scripture and go to work on it and still be working on it next year. So could all of us. Maybe that would make us have a really good church. Be patient with people. You see fault? Pray for them. Way too much of this going on in America right now. There's a spirit in this nation. Hate. Vengeance. Don't let it in you. Don't let it in your church. Don't let it in you. If, if, you, if you think your, your gender is special or, or your eth, eth, ethnic, ethnicity, you don't understand me, I'm a woman. I don't need to understand you. God does. There's too much of that going on in the world right now. Folks, where are you going to be able to go where you find somebody that really does love one another? You're going to have to be spiritual people. You're going to have to get over your flesh. Well, I always act like this. Well, stop. I had a lady one time, she was on the worship team for one week. You remember, Lisa? She threw, she threw a fit. Lisa gave her something to do, and she screamed and hollered and jumped up and down. And I mean, I, I, I promise you, she looked every bit of 10 years old. And she said, well, I'm just having a flesh flash. And we said, not here. No. Goodbye, go home. Yeah. Honey, grow up. Yeah. We, don't want your, we don't want to see your flesh flash. Amen. God's good, isn't he? So you're a turtle on a fence post. And who put you there? God put you there. Everything you have was handed to you free. Eternal life was given to you. The Holy Ghost was given to you. You have the mind of Christ. It was given to you. There's people around you that love you. That's a gift from God. And I'm going to tell you something you may not agree with. You're not any better than anybody in the room. If you are, get down on your knees and wash their feet. And show me how Jesus would look. Don't pack up and leave church because someone stepped on your flesh. There aren't any perfect people in this room. There aren't any perfect people in this church. If you want the perfect church, we are the most perfect. Because of y'all. So quit looking. Are y'all getting this? Does this help tonight? Does this? I want all of us to have a mind. I want us to have a mind change to where sometimes we remember that when he found you, you weren't all that. And everything you do have was a gift. So get over the, I'm, I'm better, or you did something, you hurt my feeling. Stop. You're really showing everybody how carnal you are. Am I right? Yeah. Well, you don't know what they said to me. 
Well, they probably said it to me too. It's either a prayer request or a reason to leave. Isn't that sweet? Someone take a picture of this. That's just darling. Leaning on old 45. I'm a 44 Magnum. I'm in a mood. I'm just in a mood. I mean, it's just, that's nothing to do with the sermon. It's just nothing to do with nothing. How many of y'all got some adjustments to make? All of us in this room. Listen, this is an adjustment. It's called humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He'll lift you up. I mean, if all of us in America, if we need anything, we need a little humility occasionally and look back and go, I don't like them, but I'm really not much better. <laughs> it's amazing anybody ever put up with me too. Get a little bit of, a, of an attitude change in yourself and learn to love. There was an old man that walked into church one time and, and um, he was a grumpy old cowboy. And uh, he wasn't a Christian. And he was talking about the old, old Miss Betty Lou ain't nothing but an old gossip. And the preacher is just a crook. And he's just running everybody in church down until he got saved. You know that old Betty Lou? Yeah, she needs help, but she loves people. And that preacher, he ain't all that bad. When, all, when, when people start, when you start thinking the world around you is nice, it's you that changed. And we all got some changing to do. I want to say this before I shut up tonight. I'm so glad some of y'all are getting nicer. It's amazing the more you walk with God, the, 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 the more there really is a genuine love that comes up for people, for them, not what they do or don't do. How many of you got some changes to make? Taco Bell. Oh, I went one over. Did I do it right? Okay, I just wanted to get forgiven. I told you I'm in this mood and I don't. I hope I sleep tonight. If not, Lisa won't either. I wake her up sometimes to tell her I love her. Baby, what'd you wake me up for? I wait until she's sound asleep and I pounce on her and kiss her. Just one second night. I was asleep. That's called meanness, isn't it? Father God, I want to thank you for this evening. I thank you for everybody in the room right now. Sir, every one of us in this room needs to be patient with ourselves and other people. If there's one thing we need to work on more than anything else, it's us. And leave everybody else alone. Enjoy our day. Enjoy ourselves, and quit being so hard on ourselves. Father, there's a lot of people need love in this earth. And it's time that we loved ourselves enough to love other people. Sure, they do wrong. Sure, they're messed up. But we've all been messed up. What you gave us was pure grace. And with the love you gave me, and I didn't deserve it, I pray you'd help me to be the same way. To be kinder, to be more loving, to be more patient.
Because all of us in this room, we're a family. We're going to spend eternity together. I hope that doesn't scare anybody. But we are going to spend eternity together, Father, with everybody in this room. And some of them are going to be next-door neighbors forever. I'm so glad you loved us when we were not lovely. I am so glad you gave to us when we didn't deserve it. If anything, we need to start being a lot more like that. And I pray that we understand that when we walk out of here tonight, we really are turtle on fence post. Where we are in life today, you put us up there. We didn't get there by ourselves. And we need to remember that when we're dealing with other people. Some of them need to be lifted up. They just need to be lifted. And I ask you to bless us as we leave and go home. And have a good week in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said, amen. All right, I don't know what I was drinking.